This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Pastor Scott Furrow, also live. Great to be with you today on this fine day. And I hope you're doing well wherever you are. Let me ask you this question. Do you ever just open up a website that's got news And how do you feel about it? I'm just going to read to you some headlines without even getting into it, okay? Here's the headlines on uh, one particular website that just has a bunch of links on it, okay, to different news stories. Here's what it says. In red, Credit Suisse pressure, Saudis poll funding, fallout rocks Europe, chat GPT predicts crash, Uh, financial system breaking down, Uh, the net worth of median household, basically nothing, it says, parallels to the 1980s. Who killed Silicon Valley Bank? It's a time of panic. These are just headlines. I'm not even reading the stories. Um, and you, you go on and you see all these different stories about war, Pentagon, U.S. to keep flying drones undeterred by reckless Russian jets. Moscow warns, stop, race to recover debris from the Black Sea. The Americans and the Russians are racing to get the debris from our drone that was uh, knocked down the other day. Uh, Vladimir Putin says now we are in a fight for existence. Um, when you keep going through these headlines... I'm looking through here, and there's one about some famous person getting married. I don't know if I should care. There's one about Aaron Rodgers, who intends to play for the Jets. That's probably frightening to some people. But I think most of this is very frightening as we read it. And I think that's what's being driven, right? How do you respond to fear? And as a Christian, if you're listening as a Christian, we've been just inundated with fear in our culture for a long time. How do you respond to fear? With me to talk about this is the senior pastor of Core Church, Los Angeles, Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve, how are you? I'm doing great, Scott. So good to be on the show with you. Well, it's great to have you on the show today. You know, fear, it's such a, it's a huge deal in our society. And, you know, Christians are feeling the fear. Oh, absolutely. It's knocking on the door of every single person Every single believer, everyone's a little freaked out about yeah. what's happening. You know, just listening to you read those headlines, that's just a fraction of the headlines. I'm sitting in your studio here. I'm watching this whole thing debating on, you know, what are we going to do with Russia? What What's going to happen here? I mean, we haven't wanted to engage them in war with this whole thing with Ukraine. I mean, didn't the whole world say back in World War II when you know, Adolf again. Hitler invaded all of Europe, invaded uh, Russia, invaded, you know, uh, Great Britain down into Africa, Japan was attacking. Didn't we say that we will never allow a person to do that again? Yeah. And then here we have Russia in our modern age just going in and saying, uh, yeah, we're just going to attack this country for no provoked reason. And weren't we supposed to stop? But no one is doing that. And what did Vladimir Putin say? He said, if anyone messes with us, we will fire off our nuclear weapons. Right. So He's everyone... been threatening nuclear weapons. I wonder exactly. if we're really at a large – and this is just more things to, that people might be afraid of. we well, exactly. talk about it, right? But maybe we're at greater jeopardy today of that than back in the days when they were having us in grade school duck under our desks whenever the flash happens oh, to absolutely. avoid the nuclear weapons. Well, because the nuclear weapons of today can destroy the earth yeah. you know, multiple times over. So, yeah, no one wants to see that. But just think, Scott, like let me ask you a question. If Christians are – you know, we don't like using the word fear, but it is fear. Yeah. We're heavily concerned 
about these issues. Well, and even on, you, a, on a lighter subject, the bank issue today, right? People oh, yeah. are thinking, do I take my money out of my bank? And you're looking up your bank. You're, you're, I've gotten emails from every possible bank, even banks I don't belong to. That's right. For some reason, maybe they think I do. I should find out if I have an account. Um, telling me uh, what's going on, don't be afraid. But I've never get an email from my bank except when they're telling me that I should – you know, buy something else. That's right. And the reason they're doing that is they don't want to cause a bank rush with people doing that because that's what happened with the collapse that's right. in the Great Depression. So if Christians are a little fearful of these things, what do you think the basic non-believer is, which is the majority of the population? And somebody who does not have hope, the hope that's in Christ, the that's hope right. that is not related to their own actions. That's right. But hope that is built on the actions of the living God. How do you, how do you deal with that? Well, I think, I think the world is freaking out. I mean, they're yeah. not saying it, but they're freaking out. But let's deal with the Christian first because we have a place to go to. I, I love what Jesus said. In John sixteen thirty three, he says, these things I've spoken unto you. Who's the you there? The you is the true believer in Jesus. It's the disciple. It's the follower. It's, it's his son and his daughter. He says, but I've spoken these things to you so that you would not fear. He says, you know, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. There's going to be times where hurricanes come through. Tornadoes are going to blast. Tsunamis are going to hit. But be of good cheer. Mm. I have overcome the world. And the peace that, that God gives to us, the peace that he, that he can settle in our heart, is a peace that means a quietness of rest, meaning our circumstances, everything that we're surrounded with, doesn't have to sway us from the very peace that he gives us. I love that verse. It's in Isaiah chapter 41, 10. It says, do not fear. Do not fear, for I am with you. God's saying, look, I'm with you. Don't fear. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right arm. Hmm. This is why it's so critical uh, for Christians to be in constant fellowship. I think there's still a lot of Christians that have not come back. You know, it's kind of amazing. Not come back since the COVID. Since COVID, yeah. yeah. So we lost, I don't know, let's just say, you know, 75% of our congregation through COVID. And a lot of them moved out of California. And then a lot of them just stayed away. And, you know, we have our online ministries really, you know, just massively grown. And there's people watching. And I, I like doing all of these things. I like being on the radio. You know, we're on, we're on KKLA here seven days a week. I, I like, you know, having all the live broadcasts and all of these things. But it is not an excuse to stay home. You, a believer still has to be plugged in with yeah. church. I think that's really something key. Because as you were talking, I was thinking that there are people listening who are saying, yeah, but... And I, I think what's driving that, yeah, but, is everything's broken. That's Financial right. system's broken. We think the government's broken. Republicans are broken. The Democrats are broken. The candidates broken. are broken. What's not the broken? The schools are broken. Name the, one yeah. thing that's not broken. Everything, even the church is broken from an, exactly. you know, not the capital C church. That's right. But, you know, churches are having troubles. What is, you know, tangibly speaking, I think being involved in fellowship, I think maybe people, that's one step that will help you 
hold on to your hope and and not fear. Uh, Pastor Steve, what else do you think? Like tangibly speaking, how do we really anchor ourselves in the hope of Christ? Well, this is what we share with every new believer. You know, we have these steps that like, okay, when you come into a relationship with Jesus, you're, you're not like... When people at our church make a commitment to Christ, they're not asking core church into their heart. They're right. asking Jesus Christ. So the responsibility of the church, of core church, and every church out there is how can we help you develop that relationship with Christ? So this is what we share with a brand new believer. But I wonder, hey, Scott, I wonder how many full believers are still not doing these simple steps. So number one, we are to read God's word. I love what David said in Psalm 119, verse nine. He says, how does a young man keep his way pure? Gee, what a great question. How does a young man, how does a young woman, how does an older man, how does an older woman, how does anybody on planet earth keep their way pure when we're surrounded by total corruption and failure? Right. He goes on and answers that. He says, by keeping it according to thy word, Mm. thy word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. And I just wonder for all of the believers, I'm not talking to the non-believer. God doesn't ask the non-believer to go read his word every day. He does ask his his children to. I love what Job said in Job 23, 12. "I I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm an eating machine. It's like, man, when you think about that, like, Wow. You know, you think about eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Shouldn't you be thinking about feeding your spirit? I think, you know, our bodies, if we don't eat, if I miss a meal, I'm like ready to lay down and like, okay, I have no more energy here. Okay, so maybe we could all miss a meal. But if you miss a couple meals, if you didn't eat for the whole day, you're going to be starving. What happens to your spiritual body. Your physical body would lay down if you didn't eat for one day. I wonder if if there's not a bunch of us Christians that are almost spiritually anemic because we haven't been feeding ourselves with the Word of God. Uh, You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and my guest is Pastor Steve Wilburn. He's the senior pastor of Core Church Los Angeles and also the host of Core Truth Radio. Um, You know, I read something recently that said most church-going Christians have not read most of the Bible. Yeah, which is a little scary in itself. You know, uh, I try to read through the Bible every year, just, yeah. you know, uh, cover to cover. So I mix it up now because I used to just start in Genesis and end in Revolution, but, Revelation. But now I, I go to my index. Of yeah. the, you know, every Bible's got like an index. And then I'll just pick a book here. And then when I get done with it, I'll circle it. And then I'll go read a New Testament. I go back and forth. I'll read an Old Testament, New Testament. And then I'll just go back and forth. I just mix it up. You know, I'll just keep circling them until I'm all done. And then when I, after they're all circled, then the next year I'll, I'll put a check mark by them, you know, and what have you but uh they say that if you read three chapters a day that you read the whole bible in a year yeah in and, a year. and everything so look if three chapters is a day just like too much for you just like you couldn't even imagine that whatever it's like i think every person has to set aside at least 15 minutes a day to to read and and don't do the uh i'm dating myself for evelyn wood speed reading okay but uh, <laughs> you know you know what, what what advantage is it if you read 10 chapters a day but yet you you didn't remember anything yeah you know? so when you're reading the bible i always ask myself these questions you know like well who's he writing to what is he saying and what does it mean to me 
So, you know, you just have that simple little thing like, well, what is he saying and what does it mean to me? And you start comprehending what God says in his word and then it starts changing your life. I I remember the first time that God really spoke to me and it caused me to draw into his word. I was telling a dirty joke on a uh, at a on a job site when I was a first a brand new believer and uh, I didn't have any kind of someone to follow up with me and someone had just bought me a bible literally the day before so I had just read the bible for the first time the day before and so I'm telling this dirty joke and this guy looks at me and he says why don't you shut up and I'm like huh <laughs> he goes I don't want to hear your filthy mouth I just walked out of the house you know we were working in construction I went back to my house I didn't give it a, a second thought again I'm a brand new believer. There's really no change in my life yet. I had just given my life to Christ, but I had started, I had started reading the Bible the day before. Well, that next morning, Scott, I'm sitting at five o'clock in the morning, getting ready to boom out the door for I'm working in construction. And so I'm having a bowl of raisin bran. I took my thumb, flipped open the Bible. Okay. And the first verse I read that morning was Ephesians 4.29. And it says, let no unwholesome word proceed mm. from your mouth, but only such a word is good for edification that it may give joy and love for those who listen. So I'm just sitting there, and I, I stopped. And all of a sudden, my mind goes back to the day before where the guy tells me to shut up. And the Lord spoke to me through his word. He says, I don't want you to cuss anymore. Do you know, Scott, that was like 45 years ago. I have not cussed since. Yeah, you know, I think people, it's, it it comes down to to... Really trusting the Lord and trusting the Word of God to mean what it says. When you're, when you're saying right. that, I'm thinking Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, you know, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I mean, that worked in your life, right? It's a Word a- of absolutely. God. You opened it up. God used it for that verse. And, you know, there are things in our life. The Bible covers everything, by the way. That's yes. something that I think is one of the great joys of really knowing your scripture is that it covers everything eventually. You will find it. And it helps you. And it it gives you hope. It gives you, uh, I think what it does is it gives you security, which is what you need in this era of fear that we're living in today. That's right. This is why, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because you sparked just a thought, just to say it here on the radio. This is why we at Core Church Los Angeles, we do expository Bible teaching. That's just a fancy word that just means we do, we go through the Bible verse by verse. So we go book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Okay, the Bible's not just one book. It's 66 individual books written by 40 different authors. So there are 39 That's Old right. Testament books, 27 New Testament books. So we're in the Gospel of Matthew right now. We're I'm on my, I think, 21st study, and we're in chapter 5. Okay, so we go verse by verse. Now, I go back to what you just said, Scott. And, you know, again, this is what I love about you so much because you're a pastor. So, you know, you get this, you understand this. And this is what's so wonderful having you as the talk show on Southern California Live here, because you always come back to a biblical perspective. And when you do expository Bible teaching verse by verse, you're going to cover every aspect of life. And this is why if you're in a church, it's like you need to have every aspect taught because there are certain churches, we're not naming any, but they'll focus on one f- one aspect of the Christian life. And that's it. And so every week is the same aspect, same aspect, same aspect. Right. No, no, we need the full counsel. You know, people will come up and say, oh, Pastor, that was such a great study. It's like, how did you come up with it? I go, well, I never think about what I'm teaching next Sunday. It's like because wherever we leave off, 
that dictates the next message. I, like, I, 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 it's never up to me what we're going to talk on. It's like whatever's in the next chapter, that's what we're talking on. That's yeah. the subject matter. You know, my dad's a pastor, too. And uh, when You're I preach, a PK. I'm a PK. Right? That explains a lot about me. <laughs> well, you know, there you go. That answers yeah, everything. That's right. We're either famous or in jail. <laughs> you know, one of the best pieces of advice he ever gave me was preach through the Bible. He said there's yeah. a lot of reasons to do it. But he says, from a professional standpoint, he said, if you're preaching through the Bible, you always know what your next sermon's going to be. That's right. You don't have to draw. He says, but also, if people want to argue with you, they have to argue with God. That's right. He goes, if you're not, if you're just, you know, there's, there's times for topical stuff. You have to do that, but you also have to ground that in Scripture. Yeah. If you don't do that, eventually they're going to argue with you and they're going to be right eventually. Right. Yeah. You're going to be in trouble. But, you know, it's great to be able to point people to the Word hey, of God. So you I, don't like what I preach? Well, here it is. You can talk I, to uh, I blame Daddy all the time. <laughs> I bl- okay, so I have this little girl. She's a blonde. Well, I shouldn't say little girl. She's like a 25-year-old blonde-haired young lady. Okay, I have daughter. All my daughters are older than her. But anyway, so she's in there. She's like, you know, this is my first time here, Pastor. She came up to me, met me after the service. She goes, this is my first time here, and I just want you to know it's going to be my last time. And mm. I said, oh, well, how come? And she said, well, I, I love the worship. The worship is awesome here. And I really like your teaching style. I mean, you had me engaged the whole time, but I didn't like what you said. And I said, oh, well, what did I say? Because I thought, well, it was one of my stupid jokes right. of you. <laughs> you know? And so she's, and she told me, and it was because of one of our cultural issues that we have today mm. that are anti-scripture. And uh, I had said something about it. And she says, well, I, you're a bigot. And I just said, you know, I said, well, you know, now you understand. I go, it's not really me that you don't like. She goes, oh, no. Oh, it's you. It's what you said. I could never fellowship here because of that. I said, yes, but just know that when you decide not to come here, it has nothing to do with the pastor here. I'm just the delivery boy. You have to take it up with the one who wrote it. I didn't write the book. I'm just here delivering the book. You know, and I tell people all the time, you know, Scott, I I, I say this to people all the time. The word of God is not always what you want to hear, but it is always what you need to hear. Yeah. And, you know, as we have a lot of people listening who are not believers. And, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, if you're listening, you're not a believer. This is an important point for you to hear is that it's not about arguing with what Scott says on the radio. That's right. Or with the pastor of some church you went and visit. You might you might find a church that that identifies with everything you want to identify with. That doesn't make it true. That does not make it true. You have to realize that there is a there is a truth out there in the universe. We believe that God gave us that through his word. And uh, that's where the argument has to be. And Jesus said, speaking of truth, he says, you know, we, we always call the uh, Lord's Prayer in um, uh, Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. That is not the Lord's Prayer. That is the Lord saying, you can pray like this. So it's really the Lord instructing you on how to pray. Like, this is how you should construct your prayer. That is not the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is in John chapter 17. That's and in right. chapter 17, verse 17, this is where the Lord is praying for us. He says, sanctify or literally set your people apart in the word, your word. Truth is in your word. That's that right. is truth. You know, and your do- word is true. And in doing that, and I want everybody to hear this. We're, we're talking about fear. This is how you overcome your fear. Absolutely. You, there's nothing to fear. Bank failures, your economic collapse. That's all in the Bible. That happens. It happens to good people. It happens to bad people. That's Read right. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. It's all there. It rains on the righteous and it rains on the wicked. That's right. You, you begin to find that the word of God is so comforting in good times and bad because it covers everything. 
And it always points you to the truth of the kingdom of God and who God is and that he loves you. And that this is only a blip, this part of life we're living in anyway. That's right. right? That if you believe in Jesus, if you put your trust in Jesus, you've got eternal life. If you lost all your money in the bank, so much, you can't take it with you anyway. That's right. And, you know, Psalm 90, verse 10, you know, God shortened man's lifespan. So Mm. this is uh, not saying that a 747 falls out of the air and lands on you or, you know, uh, whatever. But uh, if you were to live a full life, a full life is 70 years, according to Psalm 90, verse 10. And it's 80 years if you're completely blessed. So, and by the so, way, in, in uh, statistics, about 78 is about the average lifespan. So the exactly. Scripture 3,000-year-old book is accurate. A- absolutely accurate. And, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, with that said, it's like God, God is going to give us eternal life. Think about that. We have for the true believer life without end for ever okay that's a long time i mean 50 gazillion years from now we are still together and alive we are all together so it's like this is just a blip on the scale like you just said scott and so this is why it's so important ultimately to share the faith this is why jesus said in matthew chapter 5 he says you're the salt of the earth Hmm. but if the salt has lost its saltiness then what good is it that's okay, right. so what what is salt good for? Okay, well, salt really is good for two things. It's one for seasoning, and two for preserving. <clears throat> it wasn't until just uh, what ninety years ago that we came into refrigeration. Okay, right. I'm glad I'm born in the age of refrigeration. But from the beginning of time, the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, up to like ninety years ago, there was no refrigeration. So salt was a preservative. It was the only thing that could preserve things. The Christian, you and me, every believer listening on the radio right now, we are to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. So we, in the midst of the fear, and as he says in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We need to be that preservative in this world right now that shares the light of Jesus with this sick and dying world. Because if Christians are a little worried about what's going on. The world is freaking out around us. That's right. And you know what? If you're, as a Christian, you find yourself in fear, one of the ways also to get out of it is to realize you are that salt with the people that God has placed in your life, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your classmates, wherever you find yourself. Maybe you've got cellmates. You can be the light right there wherever you are. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 5, again, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. The word their house, it's it's oikos, and it's, yes. it means your relational world. It means the people that God has placed in That's your right. life. You know how you deal with this uh, frightening time is you love the people in Jesus' name and you be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. Why do you have hope when the, you know, we're about to go to war, when the banks are collapsing, when the schools are terrible and uh, every institution seems like it's in trouble? Well, because I believe in Jesus. That's right. Right. It's such a powerful and people are looking for that. I think we're seeing that. Oh, they are. People yeah. are looking. They're searching. Yeah. And the problem is they're searching in all the wrong places. This is why when the Christian isn't vocal, we have to understand we are the only voice of reason in the midst of all the chaos that we're surrounded in. Yeah. We have the voice of reason. And the, the thing is, we don't have to force it on people. You just open a conversation. The easiest way to open a conversation is this. Hey, When's the last time someone told you that there's a God in heaven that loves you? 
Yeah. That, and it's just like, well, see what happens. With that. Yeah, just see what happens. All right. Pastor Steve uh, Wilburn, thanks for joining me today on Southern California. Like, we can go on and on for we could do a whole we could. month of shows in one a, sitting, a month, I think. One setting. I. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, maybe so one day much, we'll Scott. try to do that. But thanks for joining me. Pastor Steve Wilburn is the senior pastor of Core Church Los Angeles. What's the website for Core Church Los Angeles? It's corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. All right. You can also hear him on Core Church Radio, Core, Core Truth Radio right here on KKLA or on the KKLA app or your favorite radio app. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for being with us. This Southern California Live. Scott Furrow will be right back. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. How do you respond as a Christian, or maybe even not a Christian, when somebody says, well, read your Bible? Is that hard? Is Does it seem like it's sort of church cliche? Does it seem like this is something that is, um, you hear that and you go, I've been hearing that all the time. And, and just let me ask you, is it hard to get into your Bible? Do you Did you start maybe this year or other years a Bible reading plan and you just couldn't make it? Uh, you couldn't get through for one reason or another. Here's what I'd like to hear from you. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can call now. What do you think about when it's Bible reading? And if you struggle with getting through your Bible and reading it on a regular basis, why? What's the, uh, what is it that makes it difficult? Uh, or if you've been successful at it, you know, what is it that you would recommend is something good for somebody who wants to go through it? Do you have something that has helped you get uh, through reading the Bible? You know, the Bible, it's one of these things that, you know, some of it you read it and it's pretty easy to understand. I like to quote Mark Twain, who once said that uh, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand. It's the parts that I do understand that bother me, right? Some people start reading the Bible and they hit parts that are just maybe uh, they go against whatever they have been taught in life or there's something that challenges them about themselves and they struggle kind of with that. Uh, other people will struggle even with the gospel. What do you mean that uh, uh, I am saved by faith? What do you mean that it's by grace, that it's not over any work of man? What do you mean, Jesus, when you say nobody is good? You know, I'm a good person. Sometimes we'll read passages where we come across them and we have a personal objection to them. How do you get through that? You have to get through it. Because as I said, if the Lord, if if the Bible is the word of God, the word of the creator, the word of the ultimate judge of the universe, then it's super important to know what it says. It's super important to do your best to get it right. I know there are some things that we might disagree on. Um, you know, and Christians will disagree over various things, but the big picture is really not that hard to grasp. And if we really believe that God is God, that he is the judge of the universe, then our job should be to try to conform our views with the views of the Lord, which we see in the Scripture. So maybe that's some of the, the hang-up. I think for some people, the hang-up might be some of the Bible is hard. You know, and if you're reading it and you're reading it, uh, a lot of people read just Genesis to Revelation, which I think is a good way to do it. There's lots of other ways to do it, but that is a good way to do it. You know, Genesis, Exodus, pretty good reading. Great stories in there. Some of them are harsh. You know, I've, I've had people tell me they stopped reading because they came across kind of some R-rated, either violent or maybe even passages that are sexual in a way that they just thought, I'm not comfortable reading this. Um, but the thing is, it's real life. The thing is, is that what you're reading about is what humans do and what humans are tempted to do, what the fall of sin has created. And you're seeing the development uh, 
of a world that needs a Savior, a world that is promised a Savior, and a world that gets a Savior. Um, and through that, you end up with all of these laws and the sacrifices, and some of it is just, you know, admittedly, it's hard. I struggle when I get to Ezekiel, for example. It's just, you know, it's a long book. It's, you, you have to sort of trudge your way through it. But I'm wondering what you have learned as far as getting through your Bible reading and creating a lifestyle, a Christian lifestyle, where regularly reading the Bible and not just passages you like. How does it, how have you gotten through that? Or where are some places where maybe we can help each other today get through it? Because what Pastor Steve was talking about, what I'm talking about, is that when you really do get into the Bible and you start to see this is the Word of God, you, even the hard stuff, you start to get blessed by it. I think some of it is growth, spiritual growth that you experience, but even the harder stuff, when you get you go through Ezekiel the first time, it's brutal, but you go through it a second time and you start to pick up on some things that you didn't pick up on the first time, it's still brutal. And it might take you 10 times going through that before you realize, you know what, this is speaking uh, to me in a different way. What do you think? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Let's go to Jackie in Compton. Jackie, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, Jackie. How are you today? You staying dry with all this crazy rain? Yeah, doing my best I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I wanted to comment on what you're talking about, about Bible reading. Um, around 2018-19, I had a friend. I was going through a very difficult time, and I had a friend that mailed me a Bible, and it was called the Mornings with Jesus Daily Bible. I still have that Bible. And what this Bible is, is you read a little bit of the Old Testament, Proverbs, Psalms, and and the New Testament. Mm. And then it has a, a prayer at the end or a little story at the end. And I was struggling in my life at that time. And I, I, said, I said, you know, I'm going to pick up this Bible. I'm going to read it every day. I'm just going to read that. Every day I'm going to read it. It's set up daily. So, so I'm going to do that. And I actually went through it in a whole year. Mm. And I felt a difference in my in my life that I didn't expect. I was I did pray, but I felt that my prayers were more powerful. Mm. I think it's I think it's very important to read the Bible because when you talk to God and you have his word, you're able to how can I explain that? Well you know what it is is you know who you're talking to. You have a relationship. Yes. Like with any human, right? It's awkward to talk to somebody you don't know. Yeah, you know, it's very hard yes. to reminisce with people you don't know. Yes, I mean, and it, it that's really, a little joke, but it, 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 <laughs> it really brought me really close to the Lord, and I recommend it. Yeah, and I... my 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 grandkids say, Bobshi, why do you read the Bible every day? You should be done with it." And I tell them, "This is what I tell them. I say, you know what? The Bible is meant to read all the time because it's the only book." that tells the truth and is real yeah. and you need to have it with you. It's, it's like, you can't stop reading it. You can't just put it down. It's our daily life. And I wanted to share that. And the woman that gave me this Bible, um, she just passed away. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I had like a very, um, not a very good relationship with her. I found out she passed away, but that's one like very good memory. Yeah. And, you know, well, good for yeah. her. I'm glad that you got that from her. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate Thank that, Jackie. You. I'm glad Thank that that you. is working for you. 
888-528-2557 is the number. We're talking about your Bible reading, and you know, I just want to be honest here, is what are some things that maybe are is a struggle for you? Maybe you've overcome that struggle, and you want to share how you did that, that'll help other people listening, but maybe you're still having a struggle. You know, you're told in church, read your Bible, you know, and pastor says, read your Bible, and there's guilt about it. I'm speaking as somebody who's been a pastor for a long time and who has said this a million times, okay? Read your Bible. You know, people need to read the Bible. Christians don't read their Bible. And, uh, you know, church-going Christians, the studies say, I have not read most of the Bible. And I'll tell the same joke all the time. You know, you're going to you're going to go to heaven and you're going to meet, you know, Habakkuk or somebody. And he's going to say, how'd you like my book? And you're going to say, who are you? And, you know, that's that kind of a joke, you know, with it. But but really, the reason that you hear that from me or from pastors all the time, it's one of those things that you you will experience something different in your faith when you actually sit down and crank your way through it and do it. It's one of those things that's hard to even explain. You know, Jackie talked about a second ago just how she is reading the Bible and she found her prayers getting better. You know, there's the place where Jesus teaches us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, and you can use that as a structure. But other than that, you know, the the instruction for prayer is to do it, and there are many examples of prayers, but your prayers get better when you know who you're talking to more, when you trust who it is that you're speaking to. And that takes that takes actually breaking down and getting to it. What do you think? 888-528-2557. Peter in Valley Village, welcome to Southern California Live. Peter, go ahead. All right, Peter, I'll put you on hold. Uh, Colby, can I call you right back? And, uh, hold on, hold on. Got you on hold here, Peter. I got somebody on the line. Who's on the line? Somebody's talking. Uh, we're on, with the, we're on, so much. Much. We're on, <laughs> on my that. side, I'm Wilbert. I don't see who's on the line here. I'm I'm hitting oh, the hold oh. button. Who who am I talking to? They, uh, we had a little powwow. Hold on, hold on. All right, I'm going to put everybody on hold. There there's some conversation going on that I don't think is the show. I think it's like in the old party line, something that you would uh, you know check out and you could listen to what your neighbors were talking about and uh, that would be a way that you could learn how to pray for your neighbors. Do you know about that? Maybe if you're old enough you experience that. My parents talk about it where when phones were new and you couldn't really afford to get your own phone, they'd put the phone lines in and you would share it with the house next door or if you're in an apartment building, you might share it with two or three or maybe all the neighbors and you could pick up their receiver and listen to other people's phone calls. And uh, that was quite a thing. Luckily for most of us, those days are over, except uh, today on Southern California Live, we're hearing from somebody. All right, I'm going to take a break. And then I see Peter, David, and Mary and more calls. The number is 888-528-2557. I'll get to your calls on this subject, uh, Bible reading. As soon as we get back, this is the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. Be right back. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about Bible reading, and, you know, pastors, even myself, we often say, hey, read your Bible, encourage people to read the Bible, and I'm wondering what your response is to that. Does it seem like it's just a uh, church cliche? Do you really do it? Have you overcome hurdles in reading the Bible, because I mean it when I say it. It'll change your life. It will change your relationship with God, your relationship with everybody you know, your family, everybody. But you got to get into it. You have to do it. And the studies show that we struggle uh, to actually read the Bible. And maybe we have a devotional read parts that we like. But to really read 
what would be called the whole counsel of God, everything there is uh, to know about God or everything that he's told us about himself anyway, not everything there is to know. What do you think? 888-528-2557. All right. Uh, Peter, I think we got you on the air now. You with us? Uh, right back. Yes, yes. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Peter. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we're on the line with my best friend, Omar. Um, so we've been we've been reading. He's on the line with us. He, he'll, he'll be able to unmute and, and chime in. But we've been doing a reading since uh, January 1st, since the beginning of the new year. And we do it online. And we're we're reading the Geneva Bible and uh, with with the words on the screen and we're following along we're following along with um uh the king james version so we can we can share the the channel and they can get notifications and it's it's around it's around nine o'clock in the evening give or take depending on our schedule but um mr omar do you want to add anything to that so you're reading it with uh with mr omar you're reading it with somebody not just by yourself uh, you know, we can barely hear you, uh, Omar. Yeah, we, we can't really hear Omar, but Peter, is is that one way that you would suggest to read the Bible to get through it, is to do it with somebody else? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely, if, if you could do it... Um, if you can do it with a group of people, that would be uh, that would be great. And you have kind of a schedule. You, you said you meet at a certain time, and you do it online. Is that how you do it? Yeah, we do it. We yeah. do it on. We do it on. We do it online. Um, oh, let me see. Let me grab it. Uh, um. Well, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to go to some other other uh, people, Peter. I appreciate that. We don't have a real good connection there, but you know, I do think Peter and Omar have something here that's very helpful. Is that they're they're doing this together. Interestingly enough you know, individual Bible reading, which I think is good. You should do it. But it's not the way the church did it for most of the time. You know, before the printing press, you would only have maybe one, you know, Bible in the town and somebody would read it to you. Most people were illiterate or uh, you go to church and the, the priest would read it or the pastor at some point would read it. Um, and then you were kind of at the uh, mercies of them, whether they were reading it and interpreting it right. And then we, you had some dark ages and some bad times that eventually were reformed because of that. But you know, now the temptation is we just read it by ourselves, and I think that's very beneficial. But I'll tell you what, reading the Bible with other people, like if you have a small group and you actually do it or you have a group online, I know there's a lot of different onlines, uh, it's good. The, the The issue is is that throughout throughout the Bible, you also have people who are meant to be trained as pastors or teachers who are gifted this way. And you got to be careful whether you're reading it on your own or you're reading it as a group you can all, you know, agree on a certain text and what it means and uh, completely be heretics. you got to have some uh, way to challenge each other to find a teacher who's also not a heretic, you know, but it really helps with understanding the Bible and getting through it to have somebody who is a gifted teacher and scholar who can help you get through some of those things and doing that in a group, it matters. All right, 888-528-2557. David in Burbank, welcome to Southern California Live. How do you read the Bible, David? David? Um, yeah, I'm here. All right, go ahead. Actually, uh, I've come up with a system. I started off my first New Testament, uh, was a King James Version, Red Letter Edition, and uh, I was so proud of that, but uh, I couldn't str- I struggled to get through it. Then I went to the uh, New American Standard. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a lot easier. 
and I memorized the verses of Keaton James verses, and then it came out the New American. Uh, uh, well, anyway, now I've got a life application Bible. Okay, I am so proud of it, and you like that. The... It is so easy to read. Uh-huh. It, and you can get these little colored crayons that come, you know, for the Christian stores along with them. And you can underline it, and it's the lar- a large edition, large print, and it has red letter edition. It weighs about eight pounds. <laughs> it's uh, so something you got to work thing. to carry with you then. Um, well, I build up the biceps. I mean, it's not too bad. That's right. That's and, right. And uh, I love it. I go. I just can't put it down. I have it next to me, and I just keep underlining. I'm glad, different David. Now, the for different meetings. Yeah. And, uh, the Life Application Bible. Is that the one that will have the biblical text, and then underneath it, though, will have notes that a commentator has written? It has that. It's a study Bible. Yeah. yeah complete study Bible. Uh, yeah. The only thing about it is, uh, well, no, I don't even tell you that. Uh, anyway, that's my... <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate that. And David, I thank you for your call. I do think that's a great piece of advice for people is that, you know, there are study Bibles out there that will help you get something out of the text. If you if, if the reason you're not reading your Bible is, is you read it and you say, I don't get this and you put it down. And it's just really easy for you to do that. The study Bibles can be very helpful. You have to remember that the notes that are, what will happen is there will be notes at the bottom of each page. And sometimes it's a study Bible. It will give you some kind of scholarly uh, input into what that verse is about. Sometimes it's the life application Bible usually is, and here's how you can apply this in your life and gives you some some really good advice on that. It's basically if you had a teacher or a uh, you know preacher teaching that, just keep in mind the notes uh, are not Scripture themselves. Uh, 888-528-2557. How do you read your Bible? What helps you? Mary in Cyprus. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi there, Scott. I really enjoy your program. Um, I got saved in 86 as an adult, and I tried and tried to read the Bible and never got through it. You know, the Leviticus and then Isaiah. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I got married in 98, and my husband had a method that I found great. If you read two chapters of the Gospels every day, uh-huh. you get through the Gospels three and a half times a year. Hmm. If you read two chapters of Acts to Revelation, you'll also get through about three, three and a half times a year. You have to read more of the Old Testament. It's about a half hour. Now, with that system, I have read the New Testament so many times that if someone says something, I can say, oh, isn't that from? Yeah. The Old Testament, okay, maybe I've read a dozen times, but that's, you know, that's since 86. So, so the, the, no, method no, that you, the method that you found helpful was to take just a couple of uh, chapters a day, is that right, every day? Correct. From, from the, uh, the Gospels, and you really get through those. And uh, then you also did a similar method for the Old Testament. Well, actually, I can read, like, in the morning, the Gospels, in the midday, well, uh, I work it where I read the Gospels and the New Testament and get through those three and a half times a day. So you're doing two readings a day. Yeah. With me, I altered it a little bit. All the small books, you know, like Philemon and even Timothy and some of those five, six chapter books, I will try to read those in one sitting, but that was hard at first. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you get through it faster. So and what you... helped me was that. Yeah, you. so you got saved as an adult. I think you're onto something here, because I think if you grew up in the church and you went to Sunday school, 
you know, you've, you kind of have some idea of a lot of maybe Old Testament stories and some of the things of the right. gospel. And what happens when you're, when you grew up in the church and then as an adult, you go back and read it. You also find out that you didn't learn everything those stories said in the Sunday school class. Right. You know, there's the part where uh, Noah, you know, gets drunk after the ark and that was never on the flannel graph right. in Sunday school. Yes. But, yeah. uh, you know, you also read more about the gospels and understand it. But as somebody who is a new a new believer as an adult, I can see how it's a, it would be a very intimidating book. Yes, totally. Yeah. Well, that's a really good method. For a new believer, um, I'm very prejudiced. I love the book of John. I would say just try and read one chapter a day, you know, baby steps. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. The whole Bible the first year, because you will not succeed. I've never read the chronological and I'd love to do it. But, you know, one of these days I may. All right, Mary, thank you so much. uh, That's uh, my two cents. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Mary. (laughs) Appreciate that very much. All right, I'm going to try to get one more in. David from West Covina. Welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, Hi, Scott. Hi, David. Um, I just don't want to say I enjoy listening to your program. Thank you. And uh, as far as um, reading the Bible... Um, I've always been a believer, you know, ever since growing up, but uh, it was just this past few years that I really started getting into the Bible more, but I found that I go on YouTube, and I'll hear readings, or I'll go online, mm. and I'll listen to it more, and it helps me kind of, I could follow along if I wish to, but if I'm driving or something, I just listen to it, yeah. so I know that that might not be the best thing to do, because I've always heard that we should read it ourselves. But I thought that maybe, you know... Well, you know what, some people... Some of us are auditory learners. I was about to say that, David. Many people learn better by auditory, by listening. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, a little while ago that the yep. only way people learned the Bible in the old days was because somebody read it to them. That yeah, it's, and it's, to that point. Yeah, it's relatively point. recent, you know, that people have a Bible that they can go get. Thank you for your call, David, and thanks for listening, yeah. Uh, yeah. Southern California Live. Um, you know, it is... David says something, I think, that... I think is profound. And it is that, you know, he said he listened on YouTube or he can just listen to it. I listen to it. I have the Bible app. And if you go find it, it's the version app. There's different Bible apps and they're fine. version it'll actually have an audio. And, you know, and I've listened to it in the car. I have about an hour commute home. And often all that's, you know, I will listen to a Bible uh, book and it can be a blessing. I think you should have a print one because the day might come when they won't let you download the Bible and uh, or they might change it, which I uh, like they're doing with the children's books. But, you know, we live in a time, the thing I think is profound is the Bible is more available today than people have ever had it, that most people now, it's right on your phone. You can download it and have a Bible with you immediately. Read your Bible. I won't get to your calls, uh, Major and Omar and uh, a couple other people calling in. We, maybe we'll have this subject uh, on Friday with the open line Friday on Friday. We'd love to have you call back for that. This is Southern California Live. i got to take a break. I'll be back for hour two as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned.